Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Non-Generic Sports Podcast. We are now on episode six, believe it or not. It feels like we just started this podcast yesterday. But here we are in mid-March, snow falling from the sky, and with another great episode in store. So as always, I'm joined by one of my best friends and fellow co-host, Lucas Poiser. Lucas, how are we doing this evening? Doing well, Kim. Doing well. Glad to be here for yet another episode as we're flying through these. Yeah, it looks like some snow is flying as well. Um, this is really, I mean, we last time we recorded our, or we did our radio show on Thursday, it was sunny, 70 degrees. Now it's snowing. I'm not sure really what's going on. Um, but nonetheless, we're inside and we're excited to speak with two wonderful guests today as always yes yes of course fantastic glad to hear that you're doing well my friend so today we have a very special episode planned we are joined by the president of emerson dance company lauren biella lauren is a junior journalism major with myers in dance nonprofit communications and women's gender and sexuality studies she is also the president like i said of emerson and choreographer for emerson dance company lauren how are we doing today i'm good i like the snow so I love looking out at my window. In March? I do. I'm from Florida, so I love watching the snow. Okay. I hate the heat. Um, so yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah. Interesting. Well, fantastic. Glad to hear you're doing well. So that that's great to have Lauren on. Now, I'm not sure, Lucas, if you want to introduce your own, very own sweet mate. Sure, Colin. Another one of my sweet mates is here. Um, he is a sophomore journalism major with a public relations minor. He is now the assistant features and columns editor at M Sports Magazine. He's written on a variety of different topics for M Sports, including pieces on the women's soccer team, men's baseball team, and his latest coverage in the piece that we're going to be talking about today with Emerson Dance Company. Colin, how are we doing today, my friend? I'm doing fantastic, Cam. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you guys for, for having me on. Um, yeah, no, the snow, the snow is crazy. Um, I'm also from a southern state, so... Excited to get a little bit more of that before we get into the warmer weather. But So thank you both for joining us. We're super excited to have both of you on. Absolutely, absolutely. So Lauren, let's get right into it. Can you give our listeners a little idea of what the Emerson Dance Company is all about and what it is? And would you, what would you say to someone interested who approaches you, your virtual table at the org fair to like try to entice them into joining the Emerson Dance Company? What's it all about? Yeah, so we're one of two dance orgs on campus, which I think is really special because the dance community at Emerson is fairly small considered in comparison to like the whole theater um, community at Emerson. And we are a company that does all different styles. We do tap, jazz, contemporary, hip hop, ballet, modern, um, and we consist of student choreographers, and usually we have about 15 um, that create pieces each semester, um, and people auditioning, we have auditions every single semester at the beginning, um, and they audition to be in specific pieces, um, and then student choreographers teach those pieces two hours a week, um, dancers can be in up to four pieces, so it's a great way to stay connected to dance in the dance community still moving still like keeping your body moving because it's really hard to when you're in college to like keep dancing especially like 
if you're not a dance minor or like in the theater program so really it's just a great way to like stay a part of the dance community and like keep moving in the styles that you want to rather than like you know oh I have to do ballet today like that sort of thing so that's how we work um and then at the end of each semester we do a showcase um obviously last semester and this semester they're virtual so everything has changed and evolved but um just a great community to keep moving and give space to people who want to keep moving too absolutely you're having groups of people from all different backgrounds at emerson joining emerson dance company not just let's say theater majors or dance minors or something this is this is a wide variety of people oh yeah and we also have people that like have rarely danced before and like they're just interested um i know a couple people like at the virtual org fair they'll be like oh, I've never really danced before, or I've never, like, been in a studio setting before, like, can I still audition? And we're like, yeah, of course, like, we've had lots of people who, like, never really had, like, consistent training or, like, what you typically think as, like, a dancer or, like, even a ballet or ballerina or something like that. So, I, I mean, it's a great way to just keep moving. So, yeah, we have people from all experiences for the most part. That's great. And you and you kind of touched on this just a little bit just a second ago, but switching over to virtual auditions and stuff like that, how is the EDC and or Emerson Dance Company adapted to the online protocols and stuff like that? And do you still meet in studio? Because I saw one of the photos on Colin's, um, Colin's pieces, you guys working in studio with masks on, which is great. And how has that whole dynamic changed from... Because you're a junior, so... Freshman year, were you involved in the EDC at all? And how has that evolved since since you're now a junior? And because and obviously, sadly, the pandemic has occurred. But if you get a, if you just go into like how that has changed and evolved over time. Yeah, um, I've been a part of EDC since my freshman year. I like came to Emerson knowing that like I wanted to be an Emerson Dance Company. I was like one of those people that like found us on Instagram was like, I'm auditioning for them. Like, I knew what I wanted. Like, um, so I came in to Emerson, like, knowing I wanted to be in one of the dance companies and I had like my eye on Emerson Dance Company. Um, and it's obviously evolved um, with pandemic and then also just like the normal of like, you know, people graduating, new people coming in, like definitely changes the dynamic. I mean, that's with any org too, but like, I've definitely felt it positive and just like the change in general um but we are rehearsing are able to rehearse in the studio um how auditions worked last semester and this semester is we did it all virtually we taught the combos over zoom sent out videos like early in the week of auditions was like here's all the videos of the combos like broke them down by counts, like slowed it down in the different styles. We have, we taught combos in jazz, contemporary, tap and hip hop, which are like our main four styles that we kind of like categorize everything into. Um, so then we taught those combos over Zoom and then we gave everyone like over 24 hours, like we had them do Sunday at 11.59 p.m. Um, of the videos of the combos um so we had gave people enough time if they wanted to like book one of the studios at emerson or like do it someplace else other than their 
tiny dorm room. So um, they will do that and it worked really well. Um, specifically this semester, it worked really great because we were able to like work out some of the kinks and just things that were a little awkward from last semester. Um, so it was really successful. And then also something I'm really proud of is that every single person that auditioned got cast in a piece this semester, which is, I think, the first time that's ever happened in EDC history. So something I was really, really proud of as president, um, something I've been trying to sustain and had as a goal in mind as president was to keep and sustain the sense of community, which is really, really hard when you're in a pandemic. And like, you know, your groups have to be smaller when you're teaching, like everyone's busy, has things going on. So like, you know, how do we keep that like sense of community for those that like want it there? Because like, you know, with EDC, you can be as involved or as much or as little as you want. So like, it's kind of like if you want to, how much you want to be involved in EDC. So it's been going really well. Like I said, we've been able to rehearse in the studios in the little building. Um, there's two studios there that we can rehearse in. Studio one that can hold six people and then studio two that can hold four. Um, so definitely much smaller um, groups teaching for choreographers, um, but I think they've really liked it. Um, I know dancers have been able to like learn more in a smaller setting and like more one-on-one -on -one with the choreographer, get to know like those around them better. So I think that's definitely a positive in the negative slew of the pandemic. Yeah, and I think, you know, we'll get into a little bit more of the community building that Emerson Dance Company does as well. We'll get into that in just a bit. Colin, I wanted to bring you in here. I know that you have a little, you've heard of you know EDC before and what jumped out to you when you wanted to add this to your portfolio of all the writing you've done for M Sports. So really, what was that like for you? Yeah, so this was the, um, this is one of the first stories that was pitched um, in our first two meetings of the semester um, with M Sports getting started. Um, and it stuck out to me primarily because um, I've had some experience with um, Emerson Dance Company in the past. Um, my wonderful girlfriend, Annie, actually dances for Emerson Dance Company. Um, and so I had gone to an Emerson Dance Company um, showcase um, during my first semester on campus uh, back when it was pre-COVID. And being in person, um, being in the crowd and, and watching um, all of those performances, they had so many different like groups and, and styles. It, it, the energy was really fantastic. Um, and so looking at that and, and seeing that pitch that, that Ethan presented to us in our meeting, um, I knew that that would make for a fantastic feature story because of the way that like um, Emerson Dance Company, they, they, they have like so many different like pieces and, and angles that they, they, they do with everything. So um, I, th I knew it would be a fantastic write. Um, so that was kind of my process there. Um, and it turned out really well. And we were really happy with um, the story that we got. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Lauren, I was wondering if you could go into a little more about that sense of community and what it really means to be a part of the EDC and the Emerson Dance Company. And I know there, I know it's like smaller now and stuff. And I, what I gathered from your statement about like the, the, it being virtual is that people can learn at their own pace and people and everyone can like kind of pick it up as they go and stuff like that. And I would, I would I tip my hat to you because that it's really hard adjusting to a virtual world, but I'm wondering if you could go into that sense of community and do you guys do anything 
like team bo- like team bonding because I know like like choreographing dances is all about like being in syn- or synchronizing with each other and stuff and being on the same like wavelength. So I'm wondering if you can go into that a little bit more. Yeah, we definitely have um some sense of community building. I think the biggest thing with EDC is that everyone can have a different experience in in EDC based on the pieces that you're in um because you can only be cast in up to four you're really like you can be as in many different styles of pieces like meet a bunch of different people that do those styles um so I think I something that I've been really trying to like focus on when I'm thinking about EDC is like everyone has a different experience I don't have the same experience as those that only do the tap pieces because I personally don't tap anymore um and those that like only do the hip-hop pieces or even like the jazz pieces so I think focusing on that and realizing that like we all bring something unique and different to the pieces that we're in and really a focus on um community in the sense of you know, most of us aren't going into dance as a career. Um, Some of us might, but most of us aren't. And so focusing and noticing that like, hey, we're here to move and be together and learn and just like be in the presence of other people with possibly like-minded thoughts about dance. Um, And in terms of community building, we do every semester, like at the beginning, we have like a welcome event where our company relations chair um this semester it's caroline um we the past few semesters i think we've done like an edc game night um and we always have this joke we call it like edc presents because each of our shows are like edc presents and then our theme um for the semester like this semester it's devotion so edc presents devotion um so like sometimes we'll like make jokes like edc presents game night things like that um so just like little inside joke um but yeah we do game nights welcome events they're really fun um it's been really interesting doing it virtually um because you know it's always a struggle getting college students to come to things um especially when it's not mandatory um but I, it our last game night which was a few weeks ago actually we had a bunch of people show up in edc and it was like so great to like meet all these people because like even I like don't know some of the people especially like newer people because like I'm not in the same pieces as them so it's like really great to be like oh hey you're in EDC like I didn't know that that's so awesome like blah 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 so I think that's a really great aspect of EDC is that like we are so big this semester we have 57 people in the company um so it's really awesome that you can like become really close with the people on your pieces but also like you know in some of the events and then like when we had our shows in person like definitely our show day was like the biggest part of the community and it was like such a great time I can't wait until that comes back um but like just being in the dressing rooms like you know getting changed like and you know talking before you go on stage and stuff like that it's just like an experience that like only we in that moment have an EDC. Like, that particular, like, you know, putting makeup on, like, talking to people, like, even meeting new people in EDC. Like, so it's a great great time, and I was definitely, like, how do I recreate that? Because, like, that doesn't exist virtually. Um, 
so I think definitely like still having these events and like you know trying to like talk to as a choreographer like talk to my dancers even more and like have more like how are you doing like tell me about your day like those sorts of things definitely trying to implement those more when we went virtual and and like Cam said I mean tip of the hat because we realized that it's very difficult to plan things um, in general, let alone in the middle of the pandemic when you're trying to organize people on Zoom or Google Meet or whatever you're doing. It can be a real hassle sometimes to bring a lot of people together and find common times to meet because uh, everyone's, you know, everyone's still busy because they're college students, but um, we're also all, always in our dorm rooms on Zoom. It's, it's very weird. Um, Colin, I wanted to ask you because you've had an opportunity now being a few months into the semester with M Sports to have a chance to speak and write about the view of athletes um, on the soccer team, baseball team, you've been able to speak to them and some of the coaches. And so what have, what are the, some of the parallels that you've seen between speaking to to them and then writing this piece on sort of non, non-traditional sports? Um, what have you seen as, as the mesh or a common denominator between that? Because M Sports Magazine, like Cam and I always talk about, gives, you know, a voice to a bunch of different uh, people on campus, not just your traditional sports. Um, and this is a perfect example of that. So as an opportunity to sort of get both, both things, what have you seen, um, to sort of tie those things together? Yeah. Um, I would say that the biggest parallel is just, uh, kind of a sense of relief to just still be able to be doing it. So for example, you talked about the baseball team and I've had a couple of conversations with players and coaches from, from them and, um, with their season being recently renewed, um, you know, there's just like a, an overwhelming sense of like, we get to do this, like we, we get to go and we get to do what we love and what we're, we're here to do in our free time. Um, and, and talking with members of um, Emerson Dance Company, I, I, I found that a very similar emotion there, where it's just like a mixture of like, um, we had this torn away from us for, you know, from, from March to, to August of last year. And now we get to come back and do it. And even though it's it's limited, and it's in a limited capacity, um, this is something that a lot of people, um, you know, really love and it brings a lot of people together, um, as with any sport. Um, and so, um, I think that's one of the biggest parallels, um, in terms of like, um, basic like rules and, and, and structures and things like that. Um, you know, there's universal mask wearing and, and things of that nature. And I think there's a sense of like, um, a little bit of a missed connectivity. Um, so even though people are able to be there and be together, um, it's not as easy and um, connected as it once was, um, you know, pre-pandemic. Um, and I found um, some similarities talking with, um, you know, with, with the baseball team. Um, and um, I'll be covering lacrosse soon, so um, I'll be sure to talk to people there about things like that. Um, but specifically with EDC, um, those were two things that I noticed um, when, when covering this story is like um, a little bit of a lack of connectedness, unfortunately. Um, just because of social distancing and, and um, COVID guidelines and things like that. And also just an overwhelming sense of relief to still be able to do this in some capacity. Yeah, I mean, I personally think having organizations like the EDC come back in some form of capacity, like you just said, Colin, is, is a great, great thing among itself. I mean, people get to express, like my sister danced for her entire life, and I've gone to many of her dance competitions. She danced in college and stuff like that. And I know how, like, how much commitment it takes to to be a part of the of the or just dance in general. It's very commitment like, and it's very it's very time consuming, and it just take it's very it's it's an art. It's an art. It takes a, a lot of practice, and like I like I can't 
dance for my for my life. So, um, but uh, I I know how hard it is for to adjust to the times. But again, we can't emphasize this enough, Lauren. Great job to you about managing everything with the whole thing going on and still being able to put out a product. That's fantastic. Super glad to have to have you both on. Um, Lauren, I was wondering if you would you can take the time now to kind of like plug in your EDC and plug in plug your Emerson Dance Company like credentials, like socials or websites. Like, where can we find you, and how can we learn more about how can people learn more about Emerson Dance Company? Yeah, we're thank you again. Um, we're definitely most uh, prominent on Instagram. Um, I believe it's uh, at Emerson Dance Company or Emerson Dance Co. So just CO at the end. Um, on Instagram, we definitely post things about our events. We actually have our brand new masterclass series coming up, which we will post about that as well. Um, we're doing a virtual masterclass series. That's another part of like, I wanted to do more masterclasses and host more masterclasses, especially for those that like, you know, if they couldn't be in the company this semester or anyone that just like wants to dance too but like doesn't have time for EDC like anyone can take these master classes um and this semester it's based around our um graduating seniors um so we have a few of our senior choreographers that are teaching some classes our first one is on Saturday with our vice president um next Saturday with our vice president Casty Mulligan um I believe it's at 8 30 p.m but all the information will be on our Instagram at Emerson Dance Co um and we're also on Facebook as well Emerson Dance Company um that's our main mainly Instagram um and we post all that information there our fall show should be the videos from that show um are currently in the process of editing and should be out in the hopefully knock on wood near future um and then we're in the process process of our spring show right now learning all of those pieces we're recording in mid-april really excited about that we have much more of a blueprint of how to navigate and how to navigate recording in the spaces that we're allowed in on campus which was a big concern from last semester um so we're recording those mid-april and all of that information will be out on our instagram um when the time comes but yeah i'm really excited about that master class series that we are now launching but that's all on our instagram and then every semester at the beginning of semester we have auditions and we're always at the virtual org fair if you're an emerson student interested in dancing so excellent excellent well again just like wanted to thank both of you guys for joining us and answering the questions that we've been throwing at you um we do this thing on the show and it's called the lucas lightning lap and our co-host lucas loves this because we get to know more about you guys personally and we can shift away from the questions surrounding the edc and just get to know you guys so it's really great we love the segments they're always bring out laughs and just interesting answers that me and lucas are absolutely astonished by and we just get to know new people which is fantastic and i just want to i'll i'll give it to lucas now all right thanks kev so yes so we have the lucas lightning lap so essentially the the way it's going to work is i have five questions prepared and we can just have a nice discussion um they're very easy questions all right these aren't like 
trick questions or controversial questions or anything like that. It's just fun, lighthearted questions to get to know you better. So let's do it. So the first question is, oh, actually, so the first question actually, uh, this, I, I didn't actually plan this. This relates to the Grammys, I guess, tonight. But who is your favorite artist right now? Whoever wants to start can just go. I know that's a difficult question. That's a tough one. That's a tricky one. You lied. You lied to both of them, Lucas. You lied. You said you you said they were easy questions, bro. I lied. I might have lied a little. Um, I think. Ooh, this is tough. There are a lot of great ones. My favorite right now, um, and and probably of all time, um, is, is got to be Wallows. Um, they're a they're a band um that does like indie pop music. Um, I'm a big fan of them. So that that would be. Um, I assume we were by artists. We're talking music. Oh yes. I mean, you could do your favorite painter too, I guess. I'm I'm a big Van Gogh guy, you know. <laughs> Wallace is a good one. Definitely Picasso. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I really love Brandy Carlile. Is like one of my favorite artists. She's amazing. But I've been really recently into Beach House. Um, really love their music. Um, and yeah, it's really chill and like. I've been like improving and dance improving and like moving to their music lately and it's like been really fun. So definitely Beach House, I think, as of recently. Beach House is great. Beach House. I just wrote that down. Always looking to find new artists here on on uh non-generic sports podcast. But question number two to you guys. Favorite meal to cook. And you don't have to be like Gordon Ramsay or anything like that. I mean I know Colin can cook. I, I, I can. Um that's another that's a tough one um cam's cam's roommate sam is is gonna have a field day with this one but um i think i gotta go with baked ziti here i'm 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 a big fan of making baked ziti um because it's like a it's an it's an easier version of like you know lasagna takes like a while if, if you're really getting into it but like baked ziti has all of those elements and it's just like a lot easier because you just kind of throw it in um so baked ziti right now that's interesting we gotta have we is there like is there like a day or something that like we can just make Colin can make his baked ziti, Sam can make his baked ziti, and we just have a taste like a taste test on which one's better. Lauren, you're invited. You're invited, Lauren. Can I come? What should I bring to the potluck? Well, what what's your what's your meal? What 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 are you gonna bring? I'm a terrible cook. Like <laughs> absolutely have never been good at cooking. Like not good at all and then this summer my mom was like i was actually supposed to be in boston this summer before everything shut down everyone's plans and dreams and hopes everything got crushed um and and my mom this summer was like what were you what did you think you were gonna eat like because i don't cook she was like what were you expecting to make like you don't know how to make anything and i was like mom she was like no i'm serious so then she taught me how to make i'm not vegetarian but i do eat um uh you know tofu every now and then fake chicken various things and she taught me how to make um i think the brand is like gardein i'm sorry if i'm saying it wrong um but fake teriyaki chicken and so i became really proud of myself able to make it in a pan put the sauce on it flip it and it tasted great able to make rice with it um that was my big triumph this summer so i think that or plain spaghetti so not as fancy as the big ziti but you know what you it's still something like i mean like 
I mean, what do I bring? Toaster waffles? Like, Easy Mac? Like, <laughs> I even butchered Easy Mac one time. I even butchered Easy Mac. I forgot to put water in Easy Mac one time, and I almost burned my house down. I can bring some Pop-Tarts. <laughs> Colin is talking about baked ziti. Lauren with the spaghetti and the teriyaki. I'm like, I'm sitting here. I'm just like, what, do I, what am I bringing? <laughs> Lucas, what are you bringing? We're not bringing anything, bro. I think we're bringing like cereal or something. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't, I, I'm just like uh, the old Lauren before she learned how to make the good garden chicken. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really cook. Like, I just, I, I do know how to make a good toaster waffle, um, Cam as well. Like, I mean, those blueberry Eggo waffles. You can't go wrong with Eggos. You can't go wrong with Eggos. Yes, exactly. They're so good. Um, so yeah, I guess, um, I don't, uh, I don't know. I really don't, um, I struggle. I struggle, Cam, quite a bit. Um, so I, th- I think we'll rely, <laughs> we'll rely on, uh, maybe a little cereal for dessert, uh, after some baked ziti and some, uh, some chicken. Okay. So this next question kind of relates a little bit to, uh, something that Lauren was talking about earlier. She was talking about how, um, EDC does game nights and actually one of the questions we had prepared was what is your favorite table game to play so like board game card game whatever you like what do you like to play um I've always been a Monopoly person I really liked Monopoly although there was a time period when I was little that I randomly got into Risk like my dad taught me how to play the game Risk which is just like an aggressive longer version of Monopoly in different words um but definitely Monopoly, always was into it, always trying to steal everyone's money, would sometimes just take the 500s out of the... Oh, you're aggressive when it comes to Monopoly. I'm aggressive. I want the Park Place, I want the Broadway, I want it all. Shoot high. High ambitions. I was a businesswoman from the start. I'm not messing with you in Monopoly then. I'm not messing with you in Monopoly. Yeah, I don't want to... I'm scared to play Lauren in Monopoly. <laughs> Colin, what do you think? You know, um, you can't go wrong with Monopoly. Um, and that, that's a fantastic one. Um, but for me, my family, my, our go-to was always Uno. Um, and my, my elementary school actually had like an Uno tournament. Um, and I placed like third overall. Um, so I was like like one of the runners up. Um, so not first, but I, I was pretty good at Uno back in the day. Can't go wrong with Uno. Um, that, that, that's got to be my favorite. Uno tournament. Have you ever seen those? Um, have you ever seen the? I think I think Emerson did this one. Uh, first week uh, or orientation week. It was um, hooray. Um, and one of the events in hooray was just a giant um rock paper scissors competition where people would just like if you lose to the if you lose then you get behind the person and cheer them on as they play the next person and then it dwindled down to two people and everyone was like surrounding these two people playing rock paper scissors shoe it was wild it was like if i had to pick like an event that really stuck out to me during emerson orientation week it's probably that like rock paper scissors was like i've never gone that length with rock paper scissors before but that was impressive to see but i did not win unfortunately but my favorite table game. Now I gotta go with. I probably gotta go with Sorry. Sorry is a classic. I always loved playing Sorry when when I when I when I was growing up, and I was, I always was really unlucky getting out of the start to begin with. I was like I always had to like I I never got a one or a two or whatever. However the game, however you get out of the start area is, I was never never good at that never like never the luck of the draw was just not in my favor then so that's probably my go-to board game um let's see 
those are all fantastic games. I mean, like you can't go wrong. Game of Life, Settlers of Catan. If you if if, if you're in for a long night, um, you know, I, I I don't mind long board games. Um, I. I I don't know. I I also really do like Monopoly as well. I really like Monopoly. Um, it's the Scategories is also really fun. I love playing Scategories, um, although I'm not very good at it. Uh, but yeah, there's there's so many to like. There's so many good games out there. I think we we hit the nail on the head on a bunch of them. Um, remember that game Trouble, where you like hit the little like it was like this dome thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the dice would like spin. It's like sorry, but not. Yes, it was like sorry. I was I see I was like trying to remember that game that like I was trying to remember the name of the game that you just described, Lucas, and I thought it was Boggle for a second, and that's like another thing. It's like a word playing it's like a word matching game. Or like a word something. And I I forgot it was trouble, not boggle. So though that was a very fun game as as a child as well. That was really fun. That's a that's a throwback. That's a throwback. Um, all right, let's let we can keep it going. So the next question we have is, this is a pretty simple one. It's it's a it's basically a multiple choice question. Uh, what is your favorite season? We're in two different seasons, I think, right now. I mean, it was just snowing. Now it's sunny. It's either Swinter or Smarch, or I forget the Simpsons reference. But anyways, not important. Not important. Wasn't Swinter not to be off topic? Wasn't Swinter also in Phineas and Ferb? They like had a whole episode around swinter and even though it was summer they like made it winter in danville i you know when phineas and ferb lied to me as a kid like i i thought i thought i had 104 days of summer vacation and i i didn't and i i was i i firmly believe that i 100 i had 104 days of summer vacation unfortunately due to the intro song but anyways favorite season um, my favorite season is probably definitely fall. Um, as I mentioned, I'm from Florida, so I never experience seasons. It's just always gross and hot, which is also why I hate Florida. Um, definitely a personality trait of mine, hating Florida. Um, so when I came to college, um, I was able to, like, actually see leaves change, and I was like, oh, didn't know it did that. Um, so definitely fall. I like winter a lot, though. But not a fan of black ice, so I think probably fall. You can't get any better than falls in New England. I'm just I'm just saying that no, like you go, like to the rustic side and like drive along the road and stuff, and it's just really it's just really amazing to go like hiking and stuff and seeing the leaves and the color of the leaves change, especially in, even in the common, in the in the common too, like they change too. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, Lauren and I are going to agree on this one because I, I also have to go fall um, for a similar reason, because I'm, I'm from Texas. So um, it, it's just dry and, and hot there um, as opposed to damp and hot in Florida. So um, coming up to, to Massachusetts and, and seeing all of the leaves change and everything, it's, it's, it's unbeatable. Um, and also, um, and I had never done this before, but apple picking, that's a thing in the fall. Um, and that I went for the first time this year and that that was super fun. So um, I'm a big fan of apple picking now, but fall for sure. Apple cider, apple cider donuts when you go apple picking is fantastic. Uh, it's so good. It's like it's it's a seasonal thing though. Like I can't grab an apple cider donut in the in March. Like I gotta go in like October or something. Like it's a it's a seasonal thing for me. Lucas, what about you? I definitely like um I definitely like the spring and summer. Um I I mean I like I like being in Massachusetts where we have the change of seasons. 
Um, and then like a few weeks into the new season, I just complain about it, how hot it is or how cold it is. And the cycle continues being from Massachusetts. That's just how it works with everyone. Um, I do like the warm weather. Um, also Lauren, where in Florida are you from? I'm from, it's called Deland. It's like fairly small. It's like an hour from Orlando and like a half hour from Daytona Beach. Oh, great. I always say those two spots because everyone knows Orlando and Daytona Beach. Um, So I danced in Daytona, lived in DeLand, and then my mom works in Orlando. Gosh. DeLand is the distinct answer. Have you ever been to... This is this is totally off topic because I'm just thinking about food now that I'm hungry. Have you ever been to Kiki's Breakfast Cafe? Yes, there's actually one right by my house. Like, it's right, like, less than a mile from my house. And I love their home fries so much. And their omelets. Oh, so is that a strictly Florida thing? Yes, so I, I've only seen them in Florida. I mean, it was random that I was in Orlando, I think, and just stumbled across one. Uh, a few years ago and we went twice on our vacation there and like I, I every time someone's from Florida I have to ask you about Kiki's Breakfast Cafe because this place is fancy like Colin who's a big breakfast dude Colin I'm telling you this Kiki's Breakfast Cafe place this is this is it this is it it's good it's that that's it have you been to Publix before I have been to Publix Publix is for those not from Florida Publix is a specific Florida slash part Georgia, but I like to think it's only Florida. The only thing that I really like about Florida um, is Publix. It's a grocery store. Um, It is superior. They have the best sandwiches that you can, like, they make for you there. So good. Highly recommend Publix, but... Interesting, interesting. Favorite season, probably... Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm see, I, I, I am in the same boat as Lucas. Like, I will complain about whether it being too hot or too cold, all the dang time and to be honest with you i just i think seasonal depression is real so like i hate winter and stuff like that because of like how how dark it gets so early um so i'll probably have to go with like spring or summer because my mental health has been just boosted so much from these nice days these past couple of days it's been so nice it's been unbelievable oh it's been it's been fantastic i mean we were talking about this cam like those couple di- teaser days that we had last week with the nice weather, I mean, oh my goodness, we were on cloud nine. Everyone was so happy. Everyone's outside. Um, it was just, it was a fantastic time. Like that, that, I mean, there are, da- there, the, there are downs and ups of seasonal depression. Um, you know, it's, it's tough in the winter. Like it definitely got tough, especially with the pandemic, but you know, uh, hopefully some nicer days are on the horizon to get our moods back up there. Um, All right, so our last question of the lightning lap is that I know, and I just found this out today as doing research on both of you and figuring out, uh, you know, what majors you are. I noticed that both of you are journalism majors. And I was wondering if you, if journalism wasn't your major, what major would you be? And that doesn't necessarily have to be another Emerson major. It could be any major at any place. But if you weren't journalism, what major would you be? Um, I'll go first. Definitely dance. (laughs) Um, I was thinking about being a dance major for a really long time. Um, I actually was, like, got into a couple BFA dance programs, um, at some schools. And then I was like, no, (laughs) because I just, like, you know, it's just the dance world can be really toxic. So I was like, 
I don't want to go into dance. Also, there's so many conversations and discussions on like if a dance degree is necessary. Another conversation for another time. But um, definitely dance. Um, I also feel like I'd really enjoy like art history for some reason. Um, barely know anything about art history, but I feel like that's something that like I would enjoy those classes. Yeah. Um. I gotta go. I gotta go. Psychology here. Um, that was actually my um, my my number one choice going into um, college during my senior year of high school. Um, is I wanted to to major in psychology, but um, I ended up in journalism, and I'm 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 very happy with it. Um, but if I were to pick something else, um, I would love to do psychology. Um, just because I've I've taken one psych class before, and I just found it fascinating from start to finish. Um, so that would that would definitely be my answer. Well, I'm not a journalism major, but I am a sports communication major. But if I were to choose any other major outside, either at Emerson or outside of Emerson, I would probably major in like oceanography because I love this. I love the ocean and I love the sea life. And I know that climate change is real because I'm taking a climate change class this semester. And I love sea life and I just like. I feel like a job at the New England Aquarium would be really cool. Like, just, like, being one of the scuba divers just in the giant mill tank just feeding all the sharks and stuff. Like, I feel like that's a really cool job. Um, and I just love ocean life. So, even though the ocean kind of terrifies me a little bit, but um, but ocean life is pretty cool. So, I probably have to go oceanography. I like that. I, I, I'm still not really... I'm not really sure. I'm also sports communication cam. Um, man, I don't really know. Like, Lucas, you strike me as getting a culinary degree. Yeah, man, you keep saying that, but like, we just went over how I I don't cook, Cam. I mean, I can see Chef Lou in the in the kitchen. Like, I can see that. Like, I can see it happening. What were you saying, Colin? I was gonna say maybe like hotel management or, or something along those lines. Yeah, I was I was actually thinking like, um, first of all, I love the movie Ratatouille. But that's a whole other thing. Um, because I saw Lauren do the chef's hat and you know chef hat ratatouille. They all go together. Um, I always like, you know, real estate is something that was interesting, Colin. And I feel like that would be. I don't know what. I don't know. You, you know, you don't. You're not like a real estate major. What do you do? Like business administration, or do you do like finance, or do you do? And then like you can like focus in real estate. I think. Gotcha. Okay. Something okay. like that, and then get like your license or something. I don't know how I know that, but... Well, it's important information to know, Lauren, so I'm happy you brought it up. I'm happy you brought it up. Thank you, thank you. You never know. If one of us four ends up as a as a, as a a realtor, I mean, that, that'd be that'd be so funny. <laughs> I'd, cred, I'd credit Lauren for explaining to me how to go about getting my real estate license. Watch it's not even correct. Like, watch I just, like, came up with that. It's like you have to go through, like, these long schooling. No, I don't oh, think so. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, that about does it for the Lucas Lightning Lap. I mean, we've touched everything from Wallows to Kiki's Breakfast Cafe. I mean, well, th- this is this is the beauty of the Lightning Lap. You never know what we're going to talk about. Um, you you could jump from, you know, A to B, and, and you don't even know how you got there. Uh, but thanks for participating, uh, Cam. Do you want to take us out of here? Yes, absolutely. So unfortunately, that is all the time we have for both Lauren and Colin. Um, Stick with us as we're just going to do a brief wrap-up after they leave. 
But again, want to thank Lauren, president of Emerson Dance Company, and Colin, one of our staff writers, for joining us on the episode today. Really appreciate you guys taking your time, our time out of your busy schedules to to join our podcast. And it was really fun. The lightning lap was always a great time, and getting to know more about the Emerson Dance Company is always great. You guys do phenomenal work. Keep it up. Keep you hopefully brighter thing. Brighter times are coming to make to expand the to expand the room size and hopefully we get to see a live production sooner rather than later yeah i also have those same aspirations um but thank you guys so much for talking and inviting me on yeah so make sure everyone check out i mean lauren has a ton of stuff on the edc and she just explained all of that you know where you can find them their website their instagram check all that good stuff out they're always working on content check out colin's article that's also up on our website um came out like march 8th i believe um and that that gives a much more in-depth look at really the nitty-gritty of what emerson dance company has been doing in terms of adaptability how they've shifted the way that they normally operate to now how they operate through covid it's a very interesting article so make sure you check those things out because, um, you know, it's, it's very, it's, it's non-traditional and that's what attracted us to, you know, do an episode about this because it's very interesting. So, I mean, we really enjoyed and, and, and a special shout out back again to, to Colin and Lauren for joining us. Um, we were going to do a Boston sports update, but we're kind of running low on time, but, uh, we'll save that for another time. Uh, I mean, I know the Patriots have had a couple of free agent signings and trades and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that will be the last of the episode six, Lucas. We're already through six episodes. That's absolutely wild to me. And it stopped snowing out and it's now back to being windy and sunny. And, you know, Mother Nature is just really weird in New England right now. But you know what? We love Mother Nature. And you know what? We trust Mother Nature. But for uh, Cam Manning and Lucas Poiser, that's all we got for you today. Thanks for listening and see you later.